talking to South Africans that are doing great things. So for those of you who've just joined us, my name is still Lavlenoade. I've been told that I don't say my name enough. So I'm going to say it until you don't forget what my name is. In any case, so we've got um, Yasin Barnes on the line for this section of the show. Yasin Barnes is a comedian. Um, he is from Cape Town and he is definitely one of the most interesting people I've ever met. He is on the line with us this evening. Hello, Yasin. Hello, Lovelin. How are you, Lovelin? Um, I'm going to say your name all the time now as well, just so the listeners know that it's Lovelin on the line. I think think that must be your phrase, Lovelin on the line. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Normally, it's lovely with an N when people don't know how to spell it. Mine, in any case. (laughs) Yasin, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm quite sad you're not coming into studio. I'm quite touched, but we'll deal with that. The thing is, I just... I just came off stage, like I walked off stage and I got the call. So I, I was planning on coming to you, kind of coming through to be mm. there right there by you because I, I would have brought food with me because mm. I owe you butter chicken, by the way. <laughs> just, I don't know if you remember the meeting we were meant to have, then you flaked yo, like a Sunday. Yo, yo, yo. That time I'm being, I'm being dragged on air. Hey. On I see Lovelin is being dragged. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, Yasin, I want to get right into it because I think that you've got quite an interesting story. So for those of you who don't know, as I was saying, he is a comedian. He has won several um, awards for his comedy and the jokes that he's made. He was featured in this year's um, Mail and Guardian's Top 200 Young South Africans. um, And he was also Best Newcomer of the Year last year at Savannah's Comic Choice Awards. So, I mean, getting right into it, Yasin, I want to know... My chest must I'm quite. actually blushing. I'm blushing through my beard. <laughs> <laughs> my chest must quite, my bro. So I want to know. I want also, to know. You forgot, you forgot also that I'm international now. Oh, Because I, I performed in Zim. Oh. I was in Zim two months ago. So I'm now international comedian. So we've got an internationally renowned comedian on the line. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Yasin. <laughs> so tell me, Yasin, I mean, when people say your career started on Twitter, what do they mean? Um, it, it actually started before Twitter. Okay, do, do we do we have time to to tell you a bit of a yes, story? Yes, let's go. Can let's I? go. Okay. Yeah. So, so you know, at high school, the boys tell like the guys on Monday mornings they tell stories, they hang out, mm. and then at the end of the story, I was the guy to make the bad joke, okay. right? Mm. And then they would call bad jokes Yasin's. So everybody would make jokes, and then they go, "Oh, that's a Yasin," <laughs> and then like teachers would make jokes, and they would read, "Oh, that's a Yasin." I mean, I, I was actually offended because they're using my name as a verb or an adjective to describe bad jokes. And then I, um, then I started Twitter where I started telling bad jokes. And then my career stopped, popped from there because I started making yasins. And then someone found me on Twitter and they were like, yo, do you want to do this thing on stage? And I thought, why not? It will be a story that in my biography one day. You know, we tried stand-up comedy one day and now it's my job. Oh, wow. That's quite an interesting <laughs> story. So you are both the joke and the comedian. How's that? Yes. Oh, wow. So, so, so I've learned to tell jokes in 140 characters. And yeah, that's that's my, my formula for stage as well. Mm, that's very impressive, Yasin. But tell me, though, I mean, was it always... I mean, I know from your story now that that wasn't necessarily always the plan. But, I mean, what did your family say when you decided, okay, cool, I'm going full-time into comedy? Was that what um, you wanted to I, be I was, as a child? No, never. I, I was a, I was an, I'm a nerd. <laughs> like, like, it's so sad because my dad's a jock. And then he, he tried to force me to do sport. And then I didn't do sport. And then... <laughs> 
everybody just tried me to do stuff and I, I didn't want to, yeah, I, I, I was a nerd. I was a quiet boy in the class. I never used to comment on things. And then um, until I started comedy, then I became loud. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so so I was doing comedy for like two years part-time. Mm-hmm. And then I was with the learnership. Can we mention brands? Maybe not. <laughs> let's not do that. Okay, so the, let, let's say they they are insurance company. That's an umbrella insurance company because I won't say it is a yellow umbrella insurance company. So we're not going to talk about the brand necessarily, but yeah, so you know. Um, so I was with a learnership with them, and I was studying and working, and it was so weird because I felt like Batman because in the day I'd sit by a desk job just typing things like doing Excel sheets, mm. and at night I'd be on stage. Um, yeah, sharing the stage with like Trevor Noah and Riyadh and Riyadh Musa and Mark Lottering and mm. then and then and no one knew with the, like in the office what I did and then it came to one point I had to write exams and I got a call for Comedy Central mm. at the same in the same week and I had to decide do I want a qualification in insurance or mm. do I want to tell jokes and then yeah um, with the support of my family uh, I told them and they were like yeah if you believe in it then go for it Wow, that's absolutely amazing. I mean, from from selling insurance to being Batman to actually being a full time comedian, that's quite a phenomenal story. Um, so tell yeah. me, tell me, Yasin. So I mean, being a being a comedian, but obviously, you know, it's not necessarily a neutral space that you walk into, right? So in becoming a comedian, people try to put you into boxes. Oh, he's a Cape Colored. Oh, he's a Muslim. All of that. Do you find that that filters through into your your content, or you know, how are you? How do you put your content to, content together? Or do you just run past and through all those boxes? It's it's. I'll say part of my job is to teach mm. because um, like I did the personality test while I was with the, with the insurance company and then they show that the personality of a comedian is the same as that of a teacher mm. where you take information, you, re- you reproduce it in your mind and you stand in front of people and you deliver. That's what a teacher does and mm. a comedian. Mm. So, um, so now my job is, I see my job as being a teacher where I go up and I, tell, I teach people that I'm a colored Animal Muslim, I can call it animal Muslim, but I'm not the stereotype that they know. So I'm out here breaking stereotypes. Um, so I use my comedy to go like, yo, they also think like me. They think like me. They think like this. So that's the learning point that I like to bring through in my comedy as well. Mm, mm, mm. And and tell me what are what are some of the highlights of your you know co- career in comedy so far? What are some of the people, the names you've worked for, big gigs that you've done? Um. I think the highlight is just that my job itself. Eh? <laughs> so I, feel, I feel like it's a dream. I feel like someone's going to go, yeah, I feel, uh, you must stop now. You must go back to the office job. Uh, you can't have so much fun. Because, <laughs> yeah, I get, it, it's, it's a job, but at the same time, I hang out with my friends all the time. All my, my friends are funny people. We just tell funny stories. It's That's work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so when it comes to highlights, Every every show every show that I, that I have fun and I do well in that becomes a highlight. But I've um, I think like since when I started, I I, I won a uh, won a there was a comedy um, jokers championship that I won mm. when I was like still very fresh. And then um, the next year, um, what is it? and then the next year, I, I'm just gonna sound like I'm giving myself an ego stroke here. But I won the Laugh Master yeah. uh, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that competition, one of the prizes was to perform at the Funny Fest. It happens at the back seat, it's an annual a Funny Fest. 
And on that stage, I share this the stage with Riyad Musa, with Trevor Noah, with Mark Lottering, and with Nick Rabinovitz. But the nice thing was that those are big boys who gave me the thumbs up. Mm. They said, we like what you do, come do this thing with us. And then from that, you get the contacts because they go, you must book this boy, you must book this boy. And then, so you... Yeah, when the big boys give you the thumbs up, then it's all cool. Right, 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 exactly. And and tell me, Yasin, I mean, I'm just thinking about what is your, how do you put together a show? How do you put together your content? So you've got this trademark now that you are the guy that can tell a joke in 140 characters. Um, but, you know, where do you draw your content from? Do you just sit and come up with lines and say them to your wife? And if she laughs, it's good. And if she doesn't laugh, then you don't do it. How do you put it together? <laughs> The thing is, I'm always thinking in jokes. It's, it's the sad truth, but I, 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 like I, li- I, I love this life where there's a joke in everything. Like it's so bad because there's serious moments, and then in my mind I just go, "Yo, that's actually very funny." Like, oh yeah. Um, what is it? There was, there was a, I was at a funeral, and then, no, and then I, I yeah, I felt bad, but then I saw, then I thought of like, who's the guy that sells, that sells um caskets, and then I was like. What's the what's the line that you'd use to sell caskets? You'd go, hey, do you want to buy a casket? It's the last thing you need. And I was like, that, <laughs> that's really that, bad. That's my joke over there, guys. <laughs> and then I told my wife, and I was like, no, that's not funny. She never laughs for anything. So if, even if I hear like a like a little bit of a laugh, mm-hmm. then I know that's the funniest the the, the funniest thing on stage. <laughs> That's that's quite bad though. That funeral joke, Evans. No, I I love bad jokes. That's what I, I tell. You know what I do? I tell bad jokes, jokes that make you cringe, that make you go like, oh, it hurts me in my gut, but it's funny and I'm laughing it's and funny. I hate myself for laughing at the joke. Yeah, <laughs> and and so in doing that, I mean, I I hear what you're saying in the sense that you you know you think in jokes and and you you find the fun in in everything how do you how does that yeah. affect your relationships though and this can be obviously like professional and personal relationships how how do you get yourself to just center yourself and be serious when you need to be serious um i, I think it was just like the, the the switch of like okay i need to deal with this but i also know the people that i'm close to they understand that um that this is my thing so they allow me the space to to sort of do the jokes but they also know like no this is serious time this is joke time like my mother my mother will call me out on all my jokes like she if i tell the joke and she goes do you think people's gonna retweet that do you think i care about the joke you know, she tells me these two steps go stand on it and tell the joke see if anyone here laughs mm. so she always calls me out in front of the family as well <laughs> but everybody knows like, like i know and everybody else like my, i'll say my circle of friends know what's up and when when the joke is okay and when the joke is not okay mm, mm, no i'm with you okay no that makes sense and and so i mean something else that i'd actually been wanting to talk to you about and and ask you about is specifically i mean so you you mentioned the fact that you were lucky enough to have some people that you know took notice of you and were able to put in a good word for you um and sort of you know build up that that connection and, and those networks and i think that especially mm. for artists in south africa whether it's in, in 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 the comedy space or whether it's in you know other performing arts excuse me <clears throat> whether it's in other performing arts you do find that it's it's difficult to work your way up it's difficult to to really establish yourself you know is there work that you are currently doing and supporting other artists um and 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 how do you how do you help other people as well to come up and hone their skills and hone their um their, their trade 
So, so, um, so, so eventually, the place where I started off was a, now who's a friend of mine, Ngosinati, um, uh, Maki. He's uh, he had he used to run an open mic gig, and that's where I started. And now that I've gotten, I've moved up in the platforms. I'll say. I've I've made a stage where people can come and try this thing for the first time. Mm. It's almost like you. It's it's just a, we're a small community, so we have to look after each other. Mm. I say this in I say this as com- comic comedians. I say this as artists. I also say as as people that just hustle. Like yeah. you, I, I'm sure you know that as well. Of like, you just be nice with everyone. Make connections with everybody that you meet. You never know who can help you and who you can help at the same time. Mm. So, so right now, um, myself and, and a few other friends, we run a, an open mic night mm-hmm. for guys to come and try comedy for the first time. Mm. And sometimes you see people go for the first time and be amazing. And then you see people come up and die horribly. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But but at the same time, it's it's still a learning. It's a room for learning. And with that, so so the big names come perform at these small clubs. Because they get to taste material as well. Right, right. Because the joke you see on the big stage has been done for like three months before it's actually done in front of the, like they played it underground. They've died with a joke. Like we've, there's so many nights you go up and you die. People don't laugh for you. For five oh, minutes you stand there in silence. That's very awkward. <laughs> and have but you experienced time, that? Many, many times. Every mm. comedian dies. Everybody, everybody dies. But it's also you learning. You're going like, okay, that joke must be told differently. Mm. I'm never going to tell the joke again. Or you go, I must work. I must work. So, so dying is party part of of the work. If it makes mm. any sense. Mm. Mm. And and tell me though, just from a, I suppose a, a bit more of a formal quote unquote perspective, are there? I mean, is there like a professional association of comedians, or are there sort of um you know official bodies in the industry that are specifically set up to to support comedians or to you know assist comedians? I'm just trying to think how how do you guys organize yourselves for lack of a better term? Oh, we there are some um I'll say production houses that mm. manage some of the comedians. Mm. Um a lot of us are just on our own and we, we make this thing work. Mm. <laughs> like we we, we we try to get together to make a union so that people respect us more. Because a lot of times we, we get screwed out of deals or so we mm. companies decide like no, we're not gonna pay you or we're gonna do the show and then we're gonna cut your pay and then like this is also how we put like bread on bread on, on the table, yes. and then at the same time, these people that steal jokes. Mm. <laughs> so mm. that's the other thing where we need like a union where we can filter out of like these are the good people, these are the bad people. This is the amount people must be paid because there's some people that get paid like stupid amounts of money, but they're not at the level to be paid at that amount if it makes any sense. Mm. Mm. So um, yeah, so we. As a, as, a, as a small community of comedians that we are in this country, we're busy working on a thing that looks after us. Yeah, okay. No, that makes sense. And and sort of in terms of then, you know, for, for the wider Cape Town, Johannesburg, South African community, what are some of the ways in which ordinary people can, can try to support you specifically and support comedians? And I say you specifically because you were saying earlier on that you feel like now you're on the show and, you know, only singing your own praises. But the purpose of this slot in the show is to recognize South Africans that are doing great things. So I don't want you to, to hesitate or feel you know, feel a limitation on that. What are the ways in which people can support you um, and, and how can we really, you know, reach out as a, as a South African community to you as a comedian? Um, 
Cloudy did this amazing thing where he said 90% uh, South African content. So in that sense, we, we coming, we're coming into a space as a country where we enjoy our, ourselves. We enjoy mm-hmm. our own stories. So when, people, when you, as the listeners, when they go see local comedy, they must go watch it. They must go support because it's also, it's not expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand if these international acts come and people are willing to pay seven, eight hundred rand on a ticket, but they won't pay a hundred rand, fifty to a hundred rand for a local guy. Mm. And when the local guy is telling a story that is relatable, that is in a language you understand, that is your story. But yeah, so so we, I'm also, we all as comedians, we trying to build a, a place where South Africans come watch South Africans and you hear South African stories. Mm. So yeah. Um, so for me, Twitter, guys, come find me on Twitter. But my handle is very weird. I made that. I don't know if you saw my handle. I did. I I was was so traumatized. I saw it. I was like, Lord, (laughs) how am I even gonna say this one on air? (laughs) (laughs) So, so, so when I was young and saw the Twitter, the the joke was, "Have you seen him?" And then the Twitter handle is, "Yeah, I seen him." Oh wow. Okay, so for those who are listening, Yasin's Twitter <laughs> handle is at ya underscore a underscore seen s e e n underscore him, as in ya I seen him. Tell me how you seen him. Oh my goodness, Yasin! Tell me how you seen him. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think I love it. I think I love the energy that that comes with, and and I think that you know, for for a lot of us, we'd probably we'd probably be so grateful to have someone like you in our lives because it's so easy sometimes to no, but really, I mean, especially in times like this in the country, it's so easy to get caught up in in the the drudgery of it all. And I mean, we are in a very very difficult and negative space right now as a country. Yeah. So so. So there is a role that I think comedians play, which is really to to help us as a country to to laugh. And and while yeah. it might sound ridiculous, I think there is something therapeutic um, about being able to laugh, being able to laugh at ourselves as a country, to laugh at the some of the nonsense that happens, um, but also for us to to laugh with each other, which is a profound role that I think comedians can play in bringing bringing each bringing us together. You, no, definitely. It's the same thing of, of like of Twitter. Like every anything that Twitter finds, as serious the moments they have, there's also those funny moments. Like Black Twitter mm. loves loves dragging, and it's funny. I like I love the space that Twitter that Twitter is in now. Mm. But I also feel like as a country as negative as not negative or the the, the low space we are in now, mm. we also in the space to grow. Mm. Like the, the the space that we are going going to go into. He's amazing. Mm. And the work that, that Trevor has done as well, um, yes. he's opened up doors to the rest of the world now because we've got, I've gotten calls from other countries going, mm. yo, we like what you do. Do you want to come over? Mm. And mm. those things is because we've been, because he's been working hard here. Mm. Then he went over. So now we are working hard here and now going over is easier for us. Yes, so yes. Actually, I don't know if, if going over is easy for me, though, because as a Muslim, I don't know if they allow me on plays that easy. But <laughs> you have to shave your beard. <laughs> ah, but ah, then I'm going to look 12. I'm not going to shave this beard. I'm going to look like a lighty. 
Ah, Yasin, thank you so much for, for joining us on the show this evening. For those of you who have just joined us listening in, we just spoke to Yasin Barnes. He is a comedian. If you're looking to get in touch with him, you can find him on Twitter at yaasinhim_ underscore_underscore_underscore, underscore, underscore, or you can find him at yasinbarnes.co.za.